Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Carrot Out Sleep Show. You are listening to your host, Kerry Secker, and I really hope you find this podcast informative and reassuring. I am trying something new on the podcast today and I am really, really excited about it. I am joined by one, two, three, four, five, six other parents who, excuse me, with babies that are currently between four and five months old. And we are going to have a really good chat about the four month progression or the four month um, regression. And I'm hoping to go through um, the way I'm hoping that this podcast is going to go. I've never tried it before, so I'm hoping it's going to work with everybody. I'm going to share a little bit of my expertise and what sleep is like at this stage, what you can expect, why it's a little bit erratic. I'll come on to that in a second. And then we're going to be speaking to these um, the five parents that are joining me today. And hopefully they're going to share their experience, their wisdom, things that have got that help them through the four month um, progression and just see how we get on. So hello to everybody that's joined me today. How are you doing? Hi. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good, good. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast today. As I said, we were talking about it before. Never tried this before, but I think it's good to try new things. And I think it is going to work really, really well. Before I start, I just want to do a little bit of a sleep summary about the four the four month progression and why it changed, why sleep changes. I think there's a lot of fear around the four month mark, isn't there? Like this is it, sleep is going to change forever. It's going to become a complete shish show. It's never going to get better. Have you experienced that four month fear out there? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Definitely. Like everybody's <laughs> nodding. And what was your biggest fear around the four month progression mark? I think for me, it was talking to other parents who said we've hit it. And for example, my baby slept through before, or um, we had great sleep before, and then they've never gone in the cot again, or they've like since the four month progression, it's been permanent to the stage of absolute rubbish sleep forevermore, really. And yeah. I think that's what scared me. Yeah, I think that, and that, I think it's a real, like telling parents not to worry, I think isn't helpful or healthy. Like parents are going to worry, um, but people do love a scaremongering story, especially when it comes to sleep. Like if they never did this again and it changes and it's permanent. Anybody else um, have a different bit? I think yours, Harriet, was a, not Harriet, sorry. I've forgotten your name, sorry. Whoever's talking, whoever just said that. Oh, it's me, Sorry. <laughs> What was your name? Sorry. Annabelle. Annabelle. Sorry, Annabelle. Like Annabelle, I'm sure there are lots of people listening that feel the same as Annabelle. That's a really common fear around the four month mark. Anybody else have a different fear? I've got told that unless they can self-settle and they can get themselves back to sleep, they'll never sleep through the night after the four month sleep progression. So then you panic that you're not doing or you're not teaching the skills that they need for the rest of their lives. Um, and that you're going to have like a 10 year old that still can't sleep through the night just because you didn't do something at the right time yeah again this is a real common misconception Uh, well actually in general when it comes to baby sleep 
but especially around the four month mark that it's all about self-settling and you've just got to get them to self-settle themselves soon and this is the key to get to a settled night's sleep now so I've done lots of posts and podcasts on this so I'm not going to go into too much detail on this but um self falling asleep solo and self-settling has got nothing to do with sleep believe it or not falling asleep solo is just being able to fall asleep solo nothing to do with self-settling and self-settling is the ability to um, calm yourself down once you've lost control of your emotions and four month old babies are just simply not capable of doing this it doesn't happen until three parts of the brain are fully wired and that doesn't happen until puberty so I hear this a lot you've got to get them to self-settle and self-soothe now if something isn't working for you falling asleep independently isn't working for you then absolutely we can change that but falling asleep solo is not always a guarantee to get getting to a settled night's sleep you definitely don't I've got a post coming on this on Monday about it because I'm so passionate about this if you want to do change how they fall asleep or you want to work on sleep we can absolutely do this but I wouldn't recommend doing it at the four months mark because that there's too much change and yes for some families coming back and working on sleep after the four months regression sometimes that is what's needed to move forward but it's still got nothing to do with you've got to sleep train you don't have to um, sleep train them to get them through the four month progression I think that's really important and you don't have to teach them to fall asleep independently if you want to do either of those things I'm not anti anything but the four month mark is not the time to do any of those but I hear that a lot and actually trying to do that uh, around that mark again if it resonates to you it's absolutely okay to give it a go but it's very much practice but from experience trying to get them to fall asleep independently or um, get them to self-settle at night time put themselves back to sleep it quite often it just it's frustrating for both you and your baby and it just adds to that whole thing that I should be doing something I'm not doing something right I'm failing where actually that's just not where your baby is at the moment biologically does that make sense yeah 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 it's a massive one anybody else got any fears they would like to share I think similar to Rosie one of the ones that I sort of got is I mean we don't really co-sleep but it tends to be that five o'clock in the morning I just bring them into the bed because getting up and back at five o'clock in the morning sort of at that point it's just like bring them into the bed but the thing of well if you co-sleep or bring them into your bed at all like you'll never get them out and oh. you'll, still be, you'll still be doing that when they're sort of five years old ten years old you're never gonna get a baby out of your bed if you keep doing it it's like they're four months old <laughs> so very unlikely so very unlikely and four months is tiny like they've not even had the time that they've had outside like they were growing in your womb on the world side like it just blows my mind um and this actually one thing I'd like to say about this Harriet is this comes up a lot that everything seems to be really black and white that it's it's this is it once you do something it's so permanent it's you've got to go for it or you're creating bad habits there are absolutely no bad habits to make at any age especially around in the first um you know around this age from up until four or five months but especially and going forward I think that's really important but nothing is ever permanent I think we've got into this kind of thought where if we do something for example bring them into their bed or rocking or feeding when they wake up that this is it it's going to be forever and I totally understand it because when you're in the middle of it it feels like that doesn't it I'm going to be doing this until they're 14 they're never going to get out of my bed they're never going to be independent if I don't teach them to do it where actually things are babies are again it doesn't always feel like it when you're in the middle of the four-month progression but babies are quite surprisingly quite adaptable and nothing is ever permanent and I think sometimes we I definitely forget that myself in other things 
but it's normal to try these things. And if it's working for you in that moment, that's all that matters. And if you get past a certain stage where sleep hasn't settled after um, a few weeks in the, around that stage and you do want to work on it, these things can always be changed and very likely in a very caring way. Does that make sense? But we seem to have got this connotation that once we do something, this is it, it's permanent, it's forever, where everything with a baby is a phase. I'm longer than others, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> So I just want to talk about this. I think this would be a really good time to talk about what is happening with sleep at the four month mark. So there's a lot going on is the is the sleep summary. Um, but what's happening is at pre four months old, your baby only has one type of sleep cycle deep. They're not cycling in between sleep. And what they'll do is they'll wake up. They'll if they'll have that when they wake up at night time there's always a genuine need again even when it doesn't feel like it your baby doesn't cry or wake up to be manipulative to get one over on you to have a hard time there's always a genuine need there and chances are when that need is met they'll go back to sleep I think this is where the term sleeping like a baby comes from <laughs> but I know that would be a real disservice to anybody that's had a baby younger than four months who hasn't had settled sleep but it is quite common before four months for sleep to be a little bit more settled at night time however around the four months mark and I think it's really important to know that it doesn't happen always happen bang on four months because every baby is perfect but let's be honest they're not precise um, and it can happen anywhere from three and a half to four and a half months um, and they start cycling between this is where they start to develop sleep cycles so no longer they're not just having deep sleep they have a light sleep sleep a light sleep cycle now so they'll start off when they start their sleep they start off in a sleep uh, a light sleep cycle then as they're coming out of that they'll then go into their deep like deep all throughout the night and the biggest change for the four month mark is that they are now having to wake up at night time rouse and be able to put themselves back to sleep at night time that's the biggest thing that's going on at this stage so what you might find is that you're and we'll come on we'll talk about it in a second what you might find is your baby is a bit more unsettled at night time or a lot they might wake up a lot more at night time they might need more support it's just a massive massive period of change and change can be absolute carnage and I think it can be quite a bit of a shock if you have had I know this isn't the case for every parent but if you have had a pretty settled sleep up until then the four months mark happens and all the four month progression happens and you think oh my goodness what am I doing I'm doing something wrong definitely with my baby they're broken what do we need we need to fix it but I think it's really important that infant sleep never needs fixing um I always like to say that um infant sleep isn't a straight line process or progression um infant sleep is meant to stop start hit the skids hit a shift storm and need a bit of a reset and of course that doesn't when you're going through any of those things, it doesn't make it any less tough or tiring when you're going through any of that. Um, but hopefully it reassures you that it is normal. So sleep, again, even when it doesn't feel like it or look like it, sleep is technically never, ever going backwards. So again, I hear that a lot from parents. I'm back to square one. It's gone backwards. It's all gone wrong. It's gone tits up. Um, but it's it's because there's a change. It is progress. It's progressing. Now, some small, some babies, when they go through the four month progression, and I know if you're here, chances are, if you're listening to this or you've joined me today, that's not been the case for your babies. But some babies 
do you don't all you'll notice is they might make more noise at night time for a few weeks and then they go back to sleep where for some it can really unsettle their sleep and I think the biggest thing I want you to take away from this podcast today the people you lovely people that join me today and also listeners is that you're not doing anything wrong your baby isn't broken and it's so hard not to compare your baby to every other baby out there or baby pop down the road but some will fail through the four-month progression and I know you probably don't want to hear that and for others it, it is a really 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 tricky storm time for their sleep but it does usually settle and it is only temporary and if you get to the point where sleep has been unsettled for around four to five weeks which I know feels like a lifetime when you're in it if somebody told me I had to wait four to five weeks for something I'd be like no it's so long but it again it comes back to it's usually a phase and it does usually settle all by itself. One thing, lots of things I want to get across today is that you don't need to sleep train out of the four month progression. That drives me bonkers. The only way you've got to get through it is to sleep train. That's not been my experience of working with families at all. Um, and if you did want to do that, um, my suggestion would be to do it afterwards. Um, and also you don't need to push them to self-soothe or self-settle. It's about supporting them to learn this skill. So I think that's enough about me. Does that all make sense with what's happening at the four-month mark? Yeah. 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 And what's your, I'd love to hear your experience of it. Um, we are coming up to the five-month mark now on the first. Yeah. And it hit bang on the fourth month it started. Yeah. And it's still continuing. Still continuing. Four weeks is a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's such a long time. But hang on in there. I think time is something as a society that we just don't pardon the pun here. We don't have time for. I am naturally the most impatient person, especially when it comes to sleep and working on things. I call it Amazon Prime patience. If something isn't happening immediately or being delivered, that's it. I'm getting frustrated and kicking things. I don't care all the time. And this is complete and it's completely normal. However, my suggestion would be if things hang on in there, I'm going to go through some practical things you can do in a minute. Um, But my suggestion would be to stay calm, easier said than done, stay consistent, again, easier said than done. And if change hasn't happened, if if you're still in that point where sleep is unsettled after six, five or six weeks, that's when I would start to make changes. Um, I'll be honest, I know we just talked a lot about um, how permanent things are. The change to how your baby sleep is permanent, if that makes sense. Like they're not going to suddenly not have sleep cycles because we need to be we need to be able to sleep in this way to keep ourselves safe. Um, we're really vulnerable when we're sleeping. So all the behavior we do around sleep, both for babies and adults, is all about keeping us safe when we're sleeping. Um, but sometimes it um, if it doesn't settle, so the sleep the changes to their sleep is permanent. And sometimes we do get a little bit of a hangover from the four month progression where sleep, whatever's happened and the changes haven't changed. And some do need a little bit of a nudge to get more on an even kill. But my suggestion would be wait to wait till at least five to six weeks if you can. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else want to share their experience of what it's been like? Yeah, we're about a week into it i'd say at the moment i mean because we don't really have any kind of particular routine or anything like that at this stage it's all kind of been very much a see how i see what happens type thing yeah and then we were slowly getting to a bit though where he was sleeping in quite large chunks through the night if he woke up at three it would still it would have a feed go out to sleep and then he might sleep like another three hours whereas i'd say the last week or so that three o'clock then has turned into 
awake every hour or waking up every hour then after three o'clock so three four five and so on yeah yeah the routine thing I just want to touch on the routine because routine comes up a lot in practice when I'm talking to parents and you know what route I'm all about what works for you and some parents some of you might really thrive on having that routine and knowing what happens some will have a really quite rigid routine that's not my approach to anything in life but you know what it works for lots of parents that's all that matters to me um some will have a very loose routine a bit more of a rhythm that's where I kind of land like have a base but it's always it's important to be able to roll with it and then some families never have a routine like they are completely baby led and it works for them so there is no right or wrong time to get your baby into a routine and I think it's really important that some never have that and that's okay and then the other thing you um, mentioned Harriet which was really interesting is that the night gets harder as the morning as it gets closer to morning is that correct yeah yeah you are the 5 not- a.m for me if they wake up at 5 a.m that's the killer for me <laughs> it's yeah 3 a.m fine 4 a.m fine 6 a.m okay 5 a.m for some reason it's just yeah I really it's struggle too, with the 5 a.m yeah, wake up yeah it's not quite morning but it's no longer night it's that limbo that 5 a.m limbo but if you're noticing that they get harder as the night goes on you are 100% not imagining this this is this happens and it, it's it's to do with their sleep pressure as the night goes on their drive to sleep gets reduces because they've had some sleep and their melatonin levels start to reduce as well and their melatonin levels at this age is it's produced on a very erratic schedule anyway so and they've also got their wake-up hormones getting them ready to start the day so the closer it gets especially past 3am I call it the 3am fidget that can be a really um tricky time shall we say because they might wait more frequently they're awake for longer periods they might move around a lot more there's lots of grunting groaning we're all in our light sleep at that time of the day so I just wanted to reassure you that you're you're definitely not doing anything wrong <laughs> great <laughs> yeah no one will me about the amount of noises they make no yeah. <laughs> yeah and some are a lot noise like I used to be I haven't night nannied for ages now but I used to be a night nanny and yeah again every baby's so different some are very peaceful sleepers literally hardly move unless they're up for something and then others are farting grunting groaning making weird whistling noises and they're not even awake <laughs> this is just them their natural nocturnal noise anybody else Jill did you have did you want to share what it's been like for you yeah so um uh, my baby just turned four months yesterday, but his progression hit about two and a half weeks ago. So he was about three and a half months. Yeah. So we didn't have like a schedule, but we did have a bit of a rhythm to our day. And he was like, I could rock him to sleep, you know, like pretty quickly for naps and put him in his cot. Um, and now he's really fighting it. And he's literally doing almost like I could time him to the second 30 minute naps. Yeah. And but then he's re- waking up and he's really grumpy. To be fair, at first he's happy and then he's really grumpy as he kind of, it, time goes on because he's hardly slept. Yeah. Then he needs to go back down for a nap quicker and we're kind of in that cycle. And then we also were in, we kind of had got like an okay night, like not great, but he would do maybe like a four or five hour stint at first um, and then kind of maybe every two or three hours like last night it was awful yeah he really, I, I think it took us about four or five attempts to even get him to sleep because he just kept waking up every 10 minutes yeah 
Um, and then throughout the night, it's literally like every hour, every 30 minutes, every hour and a half. It, there's no like rhyme or reason to it. It's not even like we're getting a first long stint. It's just here, there and everywhere. Yeah, he's finding it really tricky to get back to sleep. Is he actually awake when he wakes? Is he crying and getting upset? Uh, if I leave him, he'll get upset. But again, I've gone back to, we'd, I just bring him, I, I try as long as I can to just put him back in his kind of like his next to me, but I keep bringing him into bed with me because it's the easiest way just to um, get some like actual sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's really common to for them to really struggle to settle to sleep to begin with. And this is because before they would have gone straight into their deeper sleep. Yeah. where now they're in that lighter sleep before they go into their deep sleep so yeah. they're probably your baby's probably thinking what on earth is going on why can't I get to sleep so yeah. it's, it is really normal it doesn't when I say it's normal it doesn't make it any less easier for you I totally understand that but it is normal for them to really sh- struggle to get to sleep yeah. um things that can help are um in fact this might be a really good time now to go through things that can help um in the four month progression anybody else want I'll come back to that um Jill because I think that's I think that's a really important one that I'd like to go through but before I start going through some suggestions that can help you through the four month progression anybody else want to share my experience has been pretty much like Jill's except I can't get her in the cot at all she used to like the next to me she used to be fine in it the last three nights not like she'll do she'll fall asleep on us fine well we have to fight to get her to sleep then once she's asleep on us fine move into the cot either it's straight awake or she'll do maybe five ten minutes and then eyes open looking at you game over yeah you're not alone there will be many parents listening to this I'm sure in very very similar sleep situations at bedtime I think actually it might be worth talking about this now before I go through like general things because it's happening to both of both of you here I think if that ha- it is normal for that to happen as I've said and it does usually settle in time um, however if it doesn't it's one uh, one thing I'd like to say is that it's always okay to do whatever you need to, to get through I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to get everything perfect and to do the right or the best thing where sometimes the right or the best thing is to surrender to it know that it's just a phase and do whatever you need for everyone's survival and sanity and then try again once this tricky change this tricky phase has passed um if that doesn't make sense or like, like for some families bringing them into bed and bed sharing it's just not working for them it's just not for them at all and I'd always respect that and if that happens my suggestion would be to very 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 slowly take the time to see whether we could support them to fall asleep in their crib or their space where they're going to fall asleep I want to preface this with that it's about practice it's not about pushing them to fall asleep and for everything I just want to shout this out it's got nothing to do with self-settling but for some babies they get into this pattern where they just find that transfer once they hit the four month mark that transfer just becomes really super tricky and it can again it's normal to feel like what am I doing wrong this used to work why why isn't it working now but things are constantly in flux with the baby what things that used to work can stop working suddenly and it's because they're changing constantly so my suggestion would be if this happens and you're just going around in that a cycle of them falling asleep on you you put them down and that transfer is just no longer working it can feel really super scary and apprehensive because it's a bigger step 
but my suggestion would be take that time and see if you can get them in there a little bit more awake and it will take time again time comes up a lot time and time again on my approach there is no quick fix when it comes to infant sleep so my suggestion would be to try and stick to your normal bedtime routine if you can um, have that cuddle have that feed I think it's so important to have that connect but bedtime to me is all about that calm and connection together and then just before they fall asleep start practicing and seeing if you can transfer them to their 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 crib or their cot or their bed wherever they're sleeping give them that practice and patience to fall asleep in there and things that can help sounds bonkers but putting them down bottom or feet first can often help putting hands on them shushing them when they're in there giving them a little bit of a wiggle it's not about getting them to fall asleep independently what we're trying to do is get them to do that last tiny 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 bit of falling asleep in their crib or their cot so that they know that they've gone in there and sometimes that can move the evening on does that make sense but it is definitely definitely practice at this stage it's not about pushing them it is going to take time and quite often when things take time lots of parents send feedback to me quite understandably that they're worried it's going to take too long they're going to get overtired and this is all part of the process we can't change I've never been able to manage to change a bedtime boundary or make a big change without it taking time and then getting overtired as part of the process. But what tends to happen is that that time it takes is temporary as you get more confident they can do it. They get more crib confident that they can go down there and that practice is what gets it speedier and quicker. Does that make sense? Mm. But yeah, really, really common to have that, that, that transfer just to stop working and want to be on you all the time and again it's a lot of it is because there's a big change changes really can be quite um tricky for for adults to um to navigate but and we've got you know our not that babies don't have brains they definitely do but we can rationalize it we've got that our brain skills to rationalize it and work out a plan but for when babies are going through that change they have no idea what's happening and that change can be really I always say change is strange and it can be really tricky find it quite hard with Oscar because he's breastfed but every time he wakes he wants milk to go he can't go back to sleep without having the milk first yeah yeah so he's feeding in this time so the night yeah again this is really really common Uh, I sound like a broken record now but I'm always going to reassure you what is realistic and what is normal and what happens at the food FOMO at the four month mark can be really really common and this is this is just all part of that change and needing more support and comfort from you to guide them through that change but also during the day now they are really alert energetic like life is just one stop party for babies as it should be um but that can play havoc with feeding and sleeping during the day and what can happen is basically they get a bit of food fomo during the day they're too busy to feed whether that's the breast or bottle and then come nighttime when it's calm quiet and dark they'll take the feed because there's nothing else going on so it is part of the four month progression stage but things that can help are I'm not saying that during the day you've got to sit in a dark room making no noise and not going out because especially after the last couple of years we've had that is just not practical and I would never put that pressure on a parent ever or any of you but sometimes taking um a time out to feed them during the day can help take them somewhere calm I'm not saying calm and quiet because that's not always possible during the day with family logistics but taking them somewhere calmer and quieter to feed 
singing to them um, whilst they're having a feed or stroking them or taking their hand and stroking your face. Even nursing beads, you can use those for breast and bottle feeders can help them to focus on their feeds a little bit more. And that can also help with that balance at night time. But ultimately, it is normal to want to feed a little bit more during this stage as well. Does that yeah, make sense? Have, yeah, I've noticed in the day that the feeds are a lot shorter than what they used yeah. to be as well. Yeah, they're attention span to focus on the feeds when anything else is going on like I could just imagine them boob bobbing off and on and off the boob or bottle like it's completely normal and it's the same for adults some adults have amazing capacity to um to focus on what's going on I am not that person like if, if there's something out my wind stuff I have to have earphones on if I get I get so easily distracted um it's terrible really but yeah they're all really different but that can help as well and then things at night time with breastfeeding at night time or feeding at night time I think it's really important to share that feeds at night time are never anything negative you're not spoiling them they're not a bad habit they're not wrong and part of um, going through a massive change is needing that comfort and wanting to check in with you especially if you're breastfeeding you'll notice that they want to feed a little bit more um, Sometimes helping on uh, working on the food FOMO during the day can help massively. But also at night time when they wake up, feeding is never, ever the wrong thing to do. Um, but the biggest piece of advice I can give you when going through the four month progression is to listen to them. It's normal for them to need more practice and patience and time to figure out this new skill of being able to wake up rouse from their sleep see what's happening and go back to sleep so it's just it's like any new skill it takes time um and one of the biggest tips i can give you is when they wake up it's normal as soon as you hear the little wave or a little moan or groan to react straight away and want to go to them and get them back to sleep especially if they are waking super frequently you don't need me to tell you that sleep is lack of sleep is stressful so sometimes we get in this position where we are preempting or preventing something from happening um totally been there myself as well um it's that's completely normal but coming back to try and get into that headspace of what is your baby trying to communicate to you in the moment that's a big part of what care it out is about trusting yourself trusting your baby and really trusting that what they're communicating to you so when they wake up they make a noise think to breathe I think that's always a good tool to breathe because that can help you respond rather than react ask yourself what are they trying to communicate to me if they are what I call emotionally easy or they're in sleep space so there's no crying they're just waking up having a bit of a coup moving they might roll at this age roll and move around that's okay my suggestion would be to pause and give them a little bit of practice and patience to see if they can stitch their sleep cycle together all they're going to do at this stage is either go back to sleep that is a beautiful thing when that happens or they'll get to the point where they ask for support if they're asking for support on my approach we are always going to go straight away it's not soft spoiling them none of those negative connotations that we've got with going to your baby ever being responsive I think is always appropriate um but and if they get to that point where they're asking for support then we'll go in and I call it you might have some of you might have heard me talk about this I talk about this a lot on Instagram and in, in podcasts is a is I call it um rolling up your response or building up to the bottle or the feed you are your baby's expert every single time nobody knows your baby what they need what they're communicating to you better than anybody else so my approach is must never override your instincts as a parent and it must if your instincts are saying go to babe, that's what you must do every single time but if not it might be worth rolling up your response and what that looks like is you would go 
to your baby calmly. So chances are you'll be in the same room or you might be bed sharing. So roll over to them, go over to their cot or their crib, say a little sleep, make eye contact if you can. Again, there's so much nonsense around eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Go backwards. I saw something I hardly ever talk about other sleep consultants, but this really blew my mind that somebody would actually say this to parents on a really large platform said to put a scarf over your head so the baby couldn't see you whilst responding and I'm just like what the act? like when I first saw it I thought she was being um what's the word funny <laughs> but she wasn't she actually meant to do that that you mustn't let your baby see if you're going to go to them I'm like what is the point the whole point is that if they need you you go so make eye contact you do not have to put a scarf over your head you can go forward facing to your baby say a sleepy sentence something like you're okay I'm here you're safe at sleepy time because some just sometimes all they need is a little bit of reassurance that you're there if that doesn't work I think it's always a positive practice to do what I call a courtesy crib or cot resettle or if they're in bed a bed settle so put your hand on them give them a little wiggle it's again my whole approach is just about practicing giving them that practice to see whether they'll go back to sleep um, if that doesn't work, then my suggestion would be to have a cuddle, pick up, put them back down once they're asleep. And then if that doesn't work, my suggestion would be to go to feed, feed all the way back to sleep and then back in their cot or next to you. I think it is really important. One of the things that comes up a lot around the four month mark is that you've got to get them back in their cot awake at wake up. And this doesn't make any sense I'm somebody that everything has to make sense and this doesn't make sense to me for so many different reasons one it's normal their drive to sleep at night time is usually quite high so if you feed them or comfort them or pick them up or have a cuddle they're going to go back to sleep pretty quickly usually the other one is that um getting them awake at wake up it I don't see what service what that purpose that's going to serve because it's not going to improve wake-ups and or it's very very unlikely to improve improve wake-ups believe it or not as when I'm working with families in practice I never actually would get them to go back into their cot awake it's just always make sure what they're see what they're communicating to you either give them that practicing patients to sit their sleep cycle roll up your response get them back to sleep because the key on my approach is to always get you and your baby back to sleep ASAP Otherwise, you just end up getting more and more tired, which is really important around the four month mark, because it's a very tiring time, not only for your baby, but for you. Does that make sense? So they can go back into the cot or the crib or the bed completely asleep. And that would not change ever. I don't think I've ever asked a parent to do that. I think that's really interesting because I think so often I just hear him make a noise. I get up, feed him, and then he might only feed for like two, three, five minutes. Yeah. And I'm obviously jumping in too soon. Yeah. But I think in my head, I sometimes I'm a bit disorientated at night. So I don't know how long he's been making noise for. In my head, he's been crying for hours. Because it feels like hours. Because it feels <laughs> like it. But he might only have just made a little bit of noise. And I'm yeah. thinking he's been awake for ages. Let's feed him. And I think... Also, I'm doing that maybe because I don't want to do those or I hadn't thought about doing those middle steps because ultimately I just want to go back to sleep. And if I feed him, yeah, it will just be, you know, if I'm awake, I might as well just start feeding him now rather than yeah. trying those steps. But actually, if I just take that step backwards and then follow those stages, that yeah. would then kind of help. Yeah. 100%. You know, it wouldn't mean he, he would then have to be fed every single time. He might, he might, I mean, he may still need feeding every single time. 
and I would never ever tell a parent what they should do that's not even my approach when I'm working with families it's finding what works with you um, or works for you but this is such a basic thing so many parents kick themselves when they when they hear me talk about it because when you hear your baby wake at night time it is normal you are disorientated as you say um Rosie because you've literally like what's going on you've woken up if you've been pulled out of a deep sleep I don't know if you ever feel like this but I actually feel sick and shaky when I come out of a deep sleep it's, I feel horrible um and you just go straight into that fight or flight mode and that panic I've got to do something to get my baby back to sleep yeah so this isn't at all this isn't going to be um, nothing there's no quick fix when it comes to sleep there's no magic I don't I don't I'm not I don't have a magic wand there's no magic when it comes to getting to a night's sleep but what this what these steps do is it can be a game changer because we're simply just listening out for them and responding to what they want and again I can never know how your little one is going to respond but for some families just putting those steps in place at night time game changer for sleep mm-hmm. and I just want to pre- actually I also want to caveat that Rosie with um you're not making any mistakes like you said there that you go too soon and and you might be doing something that they don't necessarily need I don't believe you're making any mistakes or doing anything wrong you're just responding to whatever is in front of you and there is I call it the sleep siren at night time your baby's like even if they just went wow it sounds like an alarm is going off and everything is really urgent and it is it has to be because again it comes back to survival they have to be able to get your attention very quickly So that's why it's horrid. <laughs> a number of times I mean, I've got up and then Arthur's like his eyes and actually I think I've been like, oh my God, he's crying. And actually his eyes are closed and he's still completely asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point I'm awake. It's like, oh great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then I get him back into bed and it will guarantee like it'll he'll then a few minutes later, he tends to then properly wake up. Yeah. And then it's a uh, Yeah. Okay. Then you're I gonna think- go. I think as well, when you've got, I've got a toddler and I'm really conscious, I think I go to the baby really quickly because I don't want to wake the toddler mm. up. Yeah, this is really, really, co- I'm nodding my head here like a loon because this is so, so common. Um, and again, it's normal to worry, especially if, uh, if other people in the house, you've got a toddler, siblings, um, other parent that might be going to work, um, just if you're staying somewhere else, like it's not just about you and your baby, you're thinking about everybody else. Um, but siblings actually have very good, usually have quite a good tolerance for each other's night noise and tears. Like if it was a strange baby in there, your toddler would likely to wake up, but they do get to know each other's noises at night time. Yeah. And if you are worried about that, like um, ultimately, if they're crying and upset, we're going to go to them straight away. But if it is just a little bit of moving around, a little bit of a grunt and a groan, sometimes putting white noise in your toddler's room, again, even if it's temporary, can be quite helpful. Hello. (laughs) That baby is so cute. So cute. Look at those eyes and those cheeks. Told you I got easily distracted. (laughs) um but does that all make sense I I don't want it to be something that puts more pressure on you and you've got to do these steps at night time and there's no right or wrong with that and I've definitely um as a night nanny experienced that where I've actually picked up babies and then they've just gone ballistic in my arms I'm like oh they weren't even awake and I've gone in and disturbed them so I think it's a constant parenting is a constant learning curve constant learning every day you're learning to reparent them and yourself definitely what do you think <laughs> yeah not impressed not <laughs> impressed um did you have any questions about those steps at night time it sounds like they've resonated 
Yeah, no questions. But interesting, will you let me know how you get on with it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's really important. I talk about that. Well, I talk about a lot of things, but I try and share that often because it's, again, it's such a basic thing, isn't it? Such a basic thing. But basic things can make a really, really big difference to everybody's sleep sometimes. Um, and in the beginning, it's funny because when I first started um, working with parents one to one, I spent a lot of my time just going through this support step. And then I got wise and I talk about it. It's, it's everywhere on podcasts, on my e-courses, because something's, I've just learned that something simple can make super sleep strides over time. So let um, me know how that goes. I've got a question. So I've been trying to do the kind of hand-on shushing. And if it appears to make absolutely no difference to the point where she just kind of is crying and I'm doing that and she's just still doing it, do you just keep trying kind of every night, just give it a little try and then kind of... Yeah, I'm, I love practice. And having a time limit, I think time limits can be really useful because, again, quite often when we're talking about infants and sleep, that we've got to do something for forever once we start doing something. Where my approach is just having a little bit of giving it a little bit of a practice and seeing how it goes. Shushing and patting your baby back to sleep, it's not necessarily a strategy I would use, but it definitely doesn't make it. There's no right or wrong. It's just what works for you. And if you um, are doing that and it and it's working and sometimes they go back to sleep, then absolutely I would crack on with that. But I probably would put a time limit on it of 20, 30 minutes absolute max because Otherwise, what's going to happen is you'll spend ages trying to get them back to sleep at every single wake up and you and your baby are just going to get more and more tired. And try, what I always try and say is try to see the wake ups at night time. They're a symptom of something that's going on during the day. So the wake ups, multiple wake ups or their unsettled sleep absolutely might be causing you and your baby an unsettled night sleep. But they're not the cause. There's always a genuine reason why they're up at night. So even when you can't see it, there's always a genuine reason and need there. Um, and they're not going to go back to sleep until they've had that. Does that make sense? So by all means, if the shushing and passing is working for you. I would crack on with it, but I definitely would have a time limit. I would never ask a parent to do, especially at night time, to do something for, for forever to get them back to sleep when it's clearly not working. My approach to night wake-ups is making sure they're asking for support, rolling up your response, getting everybody back to sleep ASAP, even when we're making really big changes to sleep. That's always the goal. Does that make sense, Annabelle? Yeah. Yeah. Reason you've gone a bit funny Jill are you able to move and get how to get them to you've frozen and it's really difficult to hear you <laughs> oh you're back try again yeah <laughs> um is there a reason that you don't recommend like the shushing and patting because you see so many other people recommending that that's like like how to get your baby to sleep I know there's nothing wrong with that. And if your baby is responding to that, then I would crack on with it. Um, the reason why I don't use it is because if you're doing that and you're shushing and patting and your baby is upset. So this comes back to sleep is a biological process and we've got little to no control over it. And your baby can only go to sleep when they feel safe, secure and settled. I call it the three S's. And what can happen is if your baby gets up, basically the more dysregulated or upset or emotional your baby becomes, the further they're getting away from sleep. Does that make sense? It's very, very difficult for a baby to fall asleep when they're feeling dysregulated 
or even a parent, if we are, and again, it's normal to, to fluster, to panic, to do all of those things, but the more dysregulated we are, the harder it is for them to fall asleep as well. So the biggest thing I have with it, which, and I, I really want to get this across to you guys, but also people listening, is there is no right or wrong. I'm not anti anything. And if it's working for you, it is always okay. You're winning. It's just, I would never want a parent to be sitting there shushing and patting whilst their baby is really, really upset, red hot sweaty because at that point I call it losing their sleep shears which I'm fairly sure you don't need me to explain what your baby looks and sounds like when they get to that point they're just getting further away from sleep they're not going to easily fall asleep in that state does that make sense yeah 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 thank you but that's why I don't have a problem with it but most babies especially if we're making a really big change so, for example, if we're looking at stitching seat cycles together there at night time, it's because they need something. And it's a it's hard for them to fall asleep when they're dysregulated. Also, the more time that they've actually got awake, the harder it is for them to get back to sleep as well. And then if we're doing that at bedtime, I guess that's a whole other podcast episode but when we're making big changes so for example if we wanted to move away from feeding to sleep feeding to sleep never wrong never a bad habit but sometimes it does stop working or it doesn't work for you anymore it's always okay to make those changes but expecting a baby that's fed or rocked to sleep for four months of their life or however old they are to then to just go straight in the cot and be shushed and patted off to sleep yes you're there yes they're getting support yes they can see you but that's still a really big jump from where they are to doing that so I tend to really step it down more slowly than that that was more what I meant when I was asking the question so in like in terms of doing it at night time trying to get them in the cot nearly asleep putting your hand on them you just keep trying it every night do you even if you know yes yeah keep going practice sorry Annabelle did I misunderstand your question well it was badly phrased by me (laughs) I thought you were talking about at night time, but yeah, it, it's still, it's, it's the same whether it is bedtime or night time, yeah. to be honest. I always, if we're going to make a bigger change, my suggestion would be to always start with bedtime and give it a really good go at bedtime. A, we've got biology on our side. We know that they're tired. We've got more chances of them going off to sleep. But also sometimes it's not, I do not believe my approach isn't about them falling asleep independently and that's it's going to be the answer to all your sleep prayers. But sometimes working on sleep can then improve the night time. Jury's out on that one for some. But yeah, and I think it's I think it's also really important to note because it's come up a few times about other approaches. But we I don't believe there is a one size family. I don't believe there's a one size baby. So by that thought, I don't believe there's going to be a one size fits all strategy for every single baby and family. So I never count my approach as the, the right one or the right one for every single family because I just know that that is complete and utter bed ball. Um, what work nothing ever works for everybody. Um, and it's about what resonates and what makes sense to you. So I know we've talked a little bit about other people's approaches here today, which is normal. It comes up when we're talking, especially around the four months mark, it comes up a lot. But I'm really honest and upfront, I'm not anti anything. It's apparent. I'm here to offer an alternative. And I think it's really important that you find an approach or a person that makes complete sense to you and resonates with you. I think that's really important. There is no right or wrong approach. That's really important. Anybody else got anything else they would like to share? So you say it's the like regret or progression's been going on for sort of the four, five, six weeks. Yeah. Then what do you do? 
I wish I had an answer to this, Rosie, because it looks different for everybody. It comes back to there isn't a one size fits answer okay. to this because it would depend what's working going on for your baby. So sometimes if it hasn't settled, areas I would look at, I would just make sure um, I just first of all I would always check your basics so could there be any red flags now I am not saying that any of those things the things that I'm going to go through mean that there's something wrong or I'm always honest that I'm not medically qualified I work with the biological side of infancy which is completely different but sometimes there are red flags that could mean that um that why sleep is so unsettled so I'd always recommend checking these so if your baby snores or is mouth breathing or you feel instinctive there's nothing like your instincts especially as a parent um if you instinctively feel that there could be pain or reflux or an allergy there it's always worth exploring those first then after that I kind of check that the daytime so is there quite often sometimes getting to satellite seat can be a bit of a chicken egg situation so they're awake more at night time so the next day they might want to sleep a little bit more which is normal you're worried that you're tired they're tired you're going to worry that they get overtired all of these things are completely normal but w- what we want to try and avoid is overcompensating for being up at night time so I'm a massive fan of having a regular wake-up window it's not a, I don't believe that every baby's got to be up to the dot every single day because that's just completely not going to work but roughly they're up within the in the same 30 45 minute window every day then I just check their naps do their naps need a change naps whether you have no routine whether you follow weight windows or nap gaps or timings your baby's nap needs are constantly changing um, and around the four month mark is quite often they've come out of that third um, fourth trimester I always get the two muddled up well enough the fourth trimester <laughs> Um, and quite often now naps do need a big adjustment to just making sure that they've that they've got enough awake time between naps before they're going down can help just checking in that they're not getting too much nap during the day it's very rare that this happens and when I'm talking about too much nap I'm talking about a four month old baby like sleeping four to six hours during the day it's rare but it does happen then I just check bedtime make sure bedtime is the routine you've got a bedtime routine base it doesn't have to be convoluted or really complicated just doing the same two or three things in the same order every single night can be helpful going to bed I would try and make this as simple as possible so if you are um rocking or feeding to sleep or supporting your small to sleep you don't need to stop that unless you want to my suggestion would be to try and keep it as simple as possible if you're rocking try to stick to rocking only if you're feeding stick to feeding only if you're I don't know what else you're doing singing try and stick to singing only and then if there is a transfer try to transfer them to sleep as quickly as possible sometimes I do then the steps at night time just make sure that you're rolling up your response at night time and the night steps are working and they're in place and then after that sometimes I do look at bedtime boundaries so bedtime boundaries is simply how your baby falls asleep I think on my approach there's no like everything on my approach there's no right or wrong it's just whether it's working for you some babies, and I see hundreds of these babies in practice, you can feed, rock, bounce, get them to sleep in another room, pop them in their cot or their bed, and they will either sleep through or they're at their biological best. So basically how they go to sleep does not impact their sleep cycles whatsoever. But for some babies, it's definitely not a black and white rule, but for some babies, how they go to sleep can impact the stitching of the sleep cycles because they go to sleep 
with, with the patting, the rocking, um, something changes. When they wake up at night time, cycling between their sleep cycles, they check in with themselves. And if there's any change for some babies, they then need whatever happens at bedtime to put themselves back to sleep. Um, does that make sense? And then they're not, they won't go back to sleep until they've um, had whatever it is That's at true. bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. And I again, I just want to be really clear on this, um, that um, it's not about forcing them to um, self-settle or self-soothe. And it's it's a real individual basis. Some babies, as I've said, and hundreds have honestly worked and personally worked with lots of babies as a nanny where would feed rock, stay with them, would not impact the stitching of the seat cycle at all where some babies are really super sensitive to their bedtime boundaries and any change, like even I've worked with babies, even going, um, moving away from just say, for example, you're rocking them to sleep, but they're rock, they're walking around the room whilst rocking. For some babies, this has happened numerous times in practice, just coming to rocking on the spot makes a big difference. And again, it sounds bonkers, doesn't it? Like how could that make a difference? But for some, these small changes can really help them to stitch their sleep cycles together. But again, I'll always caveat with that. Some babies do get to that point where they're putting themselves independently and it still doesn't impact their sleep. But sometimes I do look at that and I'm honest about it. And again, it's still not about if we are going to change bedtime boundaries, it's still not about putting them into their bed and then expecting them to do it it's really stepping down that big change into smaller steps. So I would go from feeding, for, for example, um, if you're feeding to sleep, I would go from bumping, I would try and bump the feed up the bedtime routine, go to rocking. Once we've gone to rocking, go to stationary or just cuddling, then work on getting them into the crib. I would never, ever expect a baby who's never put themselves to sleep solo before to go into that cot or crib or bed and just do it by themselves. We don't do that <laughs> as adults. Like if we do, I mean, the first time I did a webinar, it was a disaster. I think I forgot to press record. Um, I stumbled on my words. I couldn't do it. I wanted, I had to stop it. I think like it was awful. But now I don't even think about those things. And I, I think that's really important. Quite often there's a lot of pressure and expectation on our babies to do things that even as adults, we find really, really tricky. Mm really step it down so those are Rosie that was sorry that was a very very long-winded answer but those are some of the things I look at and then if we look at all of those things and sleep still hasn't um, settled which is rare but it does ha I'm always honest it does happen on my approach then we might look at um, what's happening at night time some families do decide tonight we I wouldn't um, again there's no right or wrong but I wouldn't suggest night weaning unless there were special circumstances until at least six months old at least and I'm definitely not saying by six months you need to start weaning that's just minimum yeah. does that make sense and did it answer yeah. your question <laughs> no it's perfect thank you cool anybody else got anything they would like to this hour I can't believe how quickly it has gone it's gone so quickly um it's amazing how quickly it goes but does anybody else have any pearls of wisdom for fellow parents listening? Anything else they would like to share? Get off their chest. Speak now. Um, I've got one question. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. So just on that bit just now, you sort of mentioned about nap times shouldn't really go sort of more than four to six hours during the day. We mm -hmm. do have days where, yeah, he will have for some reason he will have really long naps. Yeah. Um, should you be waking them up particularly when it comes to later in the day so that then you're getting them down for the night and if so how was the best way to do that because they 
last night, my baby fell asleep at quarter past, I think it's about quarter past four. He slept for two hours. I got him up and fed him, tried getting him awake. And he was like, no, I'm done. I'm pepper. I'm fell asleep for another hour. Yeah. So it meant bedtime was about 11 o'clock. Yeah. Last yeah. night, 11, 11.30. So at what point should you be waking them up and how best to do that to actually kind of keep them awake but not grumpy? Yeah. I when we I think it's important when we start waking them up and make a change there's always going to be a period of adjustment where they're grumpy I think it's really unrealistic to make any change without there being this period of adjustment um the word should not a massive fan of it because I really believe there are no features and as I know you mentioned earlier Harriet that you're quite happy to have no routine and be very baby-led if that's working for you and you're happy with a late bedtime so it would depend on the day sometimes whether it's working for you yeah. or not it's like a little um, bit more cheap ideally yeah then that's fine waking a baby always quite an emotive subject I think as a nanny absolutely hated it um never liked doing it but sometimes waking them up is the key to getting them on an even kill and keeping them there when it comes to sleep. So generally, to answer your question, generally at this age, I would say two hours max for each nap. And that would be my maximum. And then I'd be waking up just to make sure that they're getting enough exercise. We've had time together, nappy change, feeding, all of those things. Otherwise, we can. it can sometimes that balance can tip where they're sleeping a lot of the day, not feeding. And then at night time, just want to feed loads. So that can help as well. Um, and then that late, it is normal for bedtime to be quite late in the four month mark. I think there's a lot of pressure to get babies into bed at 7pm and I get it by the end of the day we want an evening we're tired we want them to go down to bed but some babies will go down at seven and some are just not biologically ready um, especially in the first six months it's normal to want quite a late bedtime um, my suggestion would be if the late nap and um, that last nap is pushing two hours and then it's impacting bedtime so bedtime is quite late or they're unsettled my suggestion would be to cap that nap back to an hour and I would probably do it slowly especially at this age so wake them a little bit earlier every 10-15 minutes every two or three days or you could just go gung-ho and wake them and cap that nap at an hour it's it's completely up to you slow way okay. and a slower way <laughs> yeah does that help Harriet yeah it does yeah no we'd like to try and get a bit more routine in yeah. place just not quite sure how at the moment. yeah I think um some really really just really quick super seat suggestions for going through the four month progression because I know um I don't want to keep you so lovely to give up your time and come here today um I don't want to take up too much advantage but some really quick tips for getting you through the four month progression one is to your mantra is everything is temporary and this does usually pass in time it's not a massive time to start working on their naps I wouldn't worry too much about where or how their naps are happening because we can work on that later if it's not working for you um, I would just try and prioritize having those naps during the day I think that's really really important um, their change their sleep is changing because there's a comp because of this massive change that's going on with their sleep so any changes we want to make I would try and just make sure at the minimum five months old before we start making those changes nap routine I would um try to stick to your normal nap times if you can if they do start fighting and resisting naps I think this is really important because sometimes we can get stuck 
in that kind of new baby groove where what used to work we're trying to hang on to that but as they get older they are able to um, have more awake time and what I would never want a parent to do is get into that position where you're just fighting to get them down to sleep all day I think if you try for a nap I think if you can see that they're tired I'd absolutely try for a nap but again I'd put a time limit on it probably 10-15 minutes max 20 minutes max trying to get down for a nap if it hasn't happened park it take a bed break come and try again 15 to 20 minutes later I just would hate you to get into that um that pattern where every day just becomes about naps and getting them down because that you feel that they've got to be down by a certain time bedtime routine try it and make that super calm and connected lots of I'm sure you're doing all these things already but having lots of time together can be really super helpful um bedtime boundary if they are falling asleep solo amazing we don't need to change that if they're supported sleep nothing negative about that we don't need to change that either but my suggestion would be to try and keep that as simple as possible during the day with feeds if you feel that they are it resonates that they are feeding loads at night time and not so much during the day coming back to food FOMO taking them somewhere calm and quiet feed you in the data and focus on their feeds can help massively sometimes and again this is just about practice splitting the feed so giving them half their bottle or breast as just as you're starting the bedtime routine the other half of not other half of your breast but your other breast or the other half of the bottle where you normally would sometimes that can help them to focus on their feeds and prevent them crashing out on it sometimes bringing the feed earlier up the bedtime routine and holding and rocking to sleep can be a very um a positive way of very slowly moving away from feeding sleep if you want to and can sometimes help with the, the, the wake ups and feeds at night time and then at night time I think the biggest thing that I've shared for this um for this sleep stage is they are learning a new skill of cycling between sleep it feels new it's novel they need time to get the hang of it so putting those steps in place at night time of when they wake up ask yourself what they're communicating to you emotionally easy given that practice and patience to stitch their sleep cycles together if they're crying upset emotionally uneasy always okay to support them straight away straight into them roll up your response eye contact always okay to make eye contact courtesy cot or bed resettle have a cuddle try again and then if that doesn't work feed all the way back to sleep and if you get to the point where they're five five and a half months old and sleep is unsettled it's a shish show it's unsustainable it's not working for you there is support out there I sometimes carry it out get slammed because I'm encouraging mothers to be or parents to be sleep deprived I'm glamorizing sleep deprivation I'm not at all I'm here to keep sleep very real and be honest and normalize infant sleep but if it is has got to that point where it's not working for you there is support out there and there's loads of support I do a free monthly webinar um, I do these kind of one-off webinars as well. I'm hope we'll have a chat in a minute to see how it will work for you and whether you think they're worthwhile. I might do more of these. I've got online courses, all my content on Instagram. I've just been working through my content. I'm trying to organize it for next year. So much. I didn't realize how much I'd created, but there is so much on Instagram and in my highlights. And I also offer one-to-one sleep services as well. So there is lots of support out there if you need it. And if my, I hope my approach resonates and makes sense to you, but I'm also equally not offended if it doesn't, because I want you to find someone that does. There are plenty of other sleep supporters out there as well. I think that's really important. Anybody else got anything final that they would like to add before we sign off? No? No? 
Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I think that was successful. We'll have a little bit of a chat afterwards just to see whether it was okay. But I think that worked. I think we've got ourselves a podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to speak to me today. I really hope you've got something out of being here today. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that when this goes out, you, by being honest and keeping it real and sharing your experience and asking your questions, you will no doubt help another parent for sure. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carrot Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring, informative, but most importantly, it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, leave me some feedback or share it with a parent pal. I love hearing that you love listening. My next podcast episode will be available in two weeks time. But if you really can't wait that long, please come and find me over on Instagram at Care Out Sleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity. Until next time.